Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. also got last week we wrapped up the first half of the inaugural WWE Cruiserweight Classic tonight we bring you more incredible action Zack Sabre for the European uppercut into the Uma Plata and that's it Zack Sabre Jr. putting on a clinic Drew Gulak diving clothesline going for the dragon sleeper Submission! Drew Gulak employs that dragon sleeper to pick up the win. Moonsault from that second rope. 450 splash from the premier athlete. Tony Nice moving on in the Cruiserweight Classic. Ryan Kendrick against Raul Mendoza. Big move to the base. And the bully choke. And that's it, Brian Kendrick winning it with the bully choke. Wow, what a comeback. We are three quarters of the way through with our first round. And so tonight, witness as eight cruiserweight competitors battle to seize the final four spots of the Sweet 16. Rich Swan attempts to take flight against Hong Kong's own Jason Lee. Curve Sierra strives to keep one half of the Bollywood dream alive against the Scottish supernova Noam Dar. The English gentleman Jack Gallagher looks to outduel the Italian muscle Fabian Eichner. And finally, Bonds will be tested as technical master Johnny Gargano battles his smash-mouth tag team partner, Tommaso Ciampa. 
whose journey will come to an end, and who will prevail to the next round. We find out tonight on the WWE Cruiserweight Classic. What up, High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom, per the usual. We are back to talk the second half of the first round of the 2016 Cruiserweight Classic. And per the usual, I've got my brother in positivity here, Justin. Justin, what's going on tonight, my friend? It is great to be back again and been enjoying rewatching this with you. I'm Again, I thank you for having me on this. Yeah. This has been uh, – it's worked out pretty good because, listen, you're rewatching. I'm watching for the first time. So it's always, you know, break down the fourth wall. We kind of bounce, you know, um, DMs back to each other during the week. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we might go a little long. I have a feeling maybe the last match that we covered today might <laughs> pick up some time. Uh, a little foreshadowing, but you never know. So, uh, but, yeah, let's just uh, – oh, by the way, you're welcome. Sorry, I'm very ungracious. <laughs> Yeah, so this has been awesome, Justin. I can't, I can't thank you enough. So, um, But the first match we've got today is uh, ZSJ, uh, known to the rest of the world as Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, versus Tyson Dukes. Um, once again, match went better than I would have thought. Um, knowing what – I mean, that's looking at, at ZSJ in 2022 eyes. Uh, but even here, he was – Dude's amazing. I mean, uh, we could go on for that, guys. So, um, well, Zach Sabre Jr., if you don't know who he is, high fivers, check it out. But I'm pretty sure everybody does. Uh, but yeah, Tyson Dukes, um, before this, did you know much about him? Because I mean, he's he looks, he's got a great look. Um, I, I remember seeing him somewhere, but I just can't remember like where it was. But I remember seeing him a few times beforehand and i was like he's not bad like no so him going in there and then like going in there and being like a technical match with zsj was like interesting yeah i was like um but i mean yeah it worked out i guess he had a run in wwe back in the early 2000s yeah when he um, when he showed the, that video i was like whoa <laughs> he was there that's amazing yeah. yeah was it chris no it wasn't chris matt was it chris masters that hurt his shoulder couldn't remember that clip they showed. Um, Somebody like that. Well, the big yeah. for Nowinski. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I guess he used to be known. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, he debuted nineteen ninety seven. Wow. Yeah. So at this point, he already had nineteen years in, and I guess he used to be called the the Muay Thai Kid. So obviously, he <laughs> um, but after this, though, um, I was I was farting around on the on his Wikipedia page and everything. And, um, oh, geez, that's what we got to talk. Oh, wait, did we talk about that last week or this week? Is no. there like that Wikipedia? Yeah, we didn't talk about it. You oh, said we were, okay. we were planning on doing it today. I can't believe I for, almost forgot. Okay. Let's finish this match, and then we'll go to that. Wow, I'm sure it's yeah. Um <laughs> I found out. So I don't know why I didn't do more research. But finding out about Tyson Dukes, he actually played Chris Benoit in the Dark Side of the Ring series. Really? Yeah. So I clicked on his media. Is like I was like, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not really sure why he never got much of a break. And like you said, he tried to grapple with ZSJ, you know, and he held his own. 
He did pretty good. He did solid for holding yeah. in there with a guy who can twist you up in a pretzel in every different direction. Yeah. And, uh, you know, CSJ really, um, he did show what he's like to call his escapology. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, he's just, obviously he's very, very talented, but he's also very, very smart. And he just lets you fuck yourself, basically, is what he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and this year, I don't think he won, but he had a really good run in the Battle of Los Angeles. I think he made the final this year, shortly after this. Ooh, did he really? Um, yeah. Um, and then I think that's and I think that's when he went back to the States. So um, but guys like him, um, obviously Ibushi, a couple other guys, how they didn't get signed. Yeah, I was amazed by, by how well he was doing, like, in this tournament. Yeah. Like, even just by this match here, I immediately thought, this is one guy they're going to lock in immediately. But he yeah. didn't even think of staying, which was surprising. Yeah. Even with, I mean, especially, I don't know if they, I mean, because they had the the UK tournament, so what, six months after this? So I don't There know was another place they thought he'd end up. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know unless they. I'm not really sure how they, um, how far in advance they knew about that. But um, yeah, and, and he, he, I'm obviously he's a technician, but he showed a lot, of, a lot of striking here. He did some aerial moves, um, but in, in the end, man, I just that. I mean, he starts with that standing armbar. Yeah, you know, and Dukes is fighting out of it, and fighting out of it, and. Uh, yeah, and then he just gets him into and just rolls him over, and I mean, Deuce gets out of it, but then he rolls him over and he gets him on the ground, and that's it. Yeah, that, I got to talk about that that fisherman buster from Dukes on him. Yeah, yes, ZSJ's selling is incredible. I have yeah. to say, every time he gets hit with anything, he legitimately looks like the move just wiped him out every time. Like when he took that fisherman buster, and he just yeah. sits up and looks around like. I'm like, oh, he's good with that. Yeah, that's. I love great sell jobs. I mean, I'm a Mr. Perfect Ravishing or Groove guy, and um, if you sell for me like that, I mean, especially if you oversell it, but don't oversell it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, you're not Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan overselling. Um, so that's another thing to sell. So, <laughs> but um, with this uh, Forbidden Door thing coming up, though, I was um, obviously we want to see. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Um, but he listed Chris I, I mean, I have another match in mind that would be perfect for Brian other than just CSJ. Um, but one actually intrigued me because he says actually a big influence on him was Chris Jericho. That's – he even said Eddie Guerrero was in one, was one as well, which I was like, yeah. damn. Um, it, I would actually be very intrigued, maybe not in a big pay-per-view, but to see Chris Jericho versus Zack Sabre Jr. would be a lot of fun. I'd be down for it. So, I'd be interested in it, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, like we talked about earlier, um, your boy High Five Tom didn't do this research earlier, so I <laughs> sent Justin the Wikipedia page. Um, so you saw some of these qualifying matches? I didn't really. I knew, but I knew about them, and I can't believe okay. I completely forgot about them because I remember them saying that there was qualifying matches for certain people, and I was like, "How did I not remember that?" Um, yeah, it was. 
I mean, the, the list of, I mean, announced competitors, background. This is very professional, I know. <laughs> announced competitors. Oh, there we go, qualifying matches. All right. Um, so to qualify, um, Zach Sabre Jr. had defeated Flash Morgan Webster, um, who was in the second UK tournament. Um, and then Jack Gallagher, <coughs> or Gallagher, or whatever I pronounce it, do Pete D beat Pete Dunn. Now Pete Dunn's not quite Pete Dunn, but he's gonna be Pete Dunn in about six months. Um uh, you know, and then Noam Dar beat Josh Bodom. I don't know what Josh Bodom is. Me neither. Um and then uh and then in the US, TJ Perkins was Stokely Hathaway before uh the pre or the now known as Malcolm Bivens, now known as not Malcolm Bivens anymore. Mm-hmm. Um but he beat Fred fucking Yehi. Um, I personally am a humongous, humongous Fred Yehi fan. And the fact that he's not signed and on my TV every week shocks me. But I mean, especially this. Um, I was like, he's somebody oh. I've never seen. I've never actually seen, but I hear nothing but great things about him every time. Yeah, dude is. I mean, they called him the Savage Weight, and it. Yeah, dude, he. Uh, I, yeah, remind me after this. I'll send. I'll send you a couple. He had some. I mean, he's had some bangers in AAW, man. Jesus, fantastic. Yeah, he did a sixty-minute Iron Man with Josh Alexander. Oh, oh my! God. And it's one of those sixty-minute matches where like there's action the entire time. It's not rest hold five minutes here, 10 minutes actions, 10 minutes rest hold. Yeah. It sounds amazing. Especially because how amazing Josh Alexander is. Holy shit. Um, And then Drew, uh, Drew Gulak beat hot sauce, Tracy Williams. Oh my Um, God. Another one of my favorites. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Lindsay Dorado defeated um, Romero, Romeo Cuvero. Um. Yeah, and then I guess Tony Nice defeated Drew Gale, uh, Drew Gulak, Gargano, Toronto, TG Perkins to qualify, um, which is weird because all of them were already in. So I don't know if he lost, if what that would happen. And then uh, participants, we know the participants in. Um, then the alternates, not a lot of big names here except for the first one, Aaron Solo. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we know Aaron Solo now as part of, uh, QT's faction, but uh, he was, I don't know if he won, but he was part of the ring of honor did this thing, like where their dojo had like a tournament, uh, to qualify. And then the, the winner won, uh, Jeff Cobb ended up winning it. Um, you know how I feel about Jeff Cobb. Yeah. Je- Jeff Cobb. Got, yeah. Um, yeah. Aaron Solo. And then, uh, Jesse Sorensen, that name rings a bell, but I don't know. Um, Jesus. Oh, really? Jesse Sorensen? Oh, you know this Jesse Sorensen. I do. What's he do? Where did I like? I'm trying to remember which one. If I'm missing, yeah, Jesse Sorensen was TNA. He was an Impact. He was an Impact, but at the time, he he had he was been out for like a long time with a really bad neck injury. Oof. Yeah, he was against uh, Zima Ion at the time, and he came off the top rope with a moonsault, and he ended up landing right on Jesse's head, Ooh. and like his leg hit him right in the head, and it just compressed his neck straight down, and he was oh. just 
he was out for so long and then he finally came back and then he was just there for like the littlest bit and then he was gone again. Yeah, I guess he was in NXT for a couple of years and then um says he's still on the independence. So I don't know. Wow. Huh. Yeah, those he's, are the he's he's great though. Yeah. Huh. Looks great. Looks like a million bucks. He he's he's fantastic. He just it just he got he got it was in the wrong place. He just had a really bad moment that put him out. And then when he finally came back, it was just, it didn't work for him. Yeah. And then Zumba was the only wrestler that qualified, but couldn't go in the tournament because he had visa issues. I don't know who mm-hmm. Zumba is or no, but the funny thing the person replaced him though was Mustafa Ali, which I'm very high on. So that was kind of surprised me, but yeah, dude, I mean, this fucking, I mean, yeah, this tournament was fucking stacked. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure one of the qualifying matches had had a uh, Mark Andrews in there too, didn't it? Um, I didn't see that, but it wouldn't surprise me. So God, if he was in there, that would have been great. He is fantastic too. Yeah, I mean, I need to start watching more NXT UK. There's so much Jeez. talent on there. I mean, I thank Impact for putting me on him because he is amazing. Yeah, and you wouldn't think. I mean, you look at the guy, you wouldn't think so, but. I love my British wrestlers, so. Mm. All right, so a little sidetrack there, but uh, the next match we've got, we've got our boy Drew, Drew Gulak, Jesus. Drew Gulak uh, versus the first of the Hollywood uh, Bollywood boys, Harv Shira. Um, mm. You know, and Drew, if you don't know who Drew Gallag- Gulak is, he's not just the guy that's being chopped by Walter right now. Um, yeah. That seems to be his new shtick. Uh, but dude's a fucking legend. Um, all over Jakar and CCW, man. So, um, so good. And I completely underestimated him for so long. Yeah. But I grew such a fan of him because he's such a freaking technical master. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad he's got a, um, he's still got a job. And then he yeah. got his, his little brother, Rory, was a uh, little mini, little, little sick Nick Mondo. Um, but Whoa. Yeah, really? yeah, Nick, I did Nick not Ma- know that. Yeah, Nick Mondo had this little like stalker kid that dressed up like him. <coughs> His true love Rory, and I know Rory still does stuff. He's still around. Huh? Really? Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Harv in um, you know the Bollywood boys, man. These guys really grew on me. Um, you know, they're so much more than a gimmick. Mm. You know. And uh, they were trained by Rip Rogers, Harley Race, and they finished up in the Hark Dungeon. And they're from the wow. Canada, so yeah. I can say I was I was never a fan of them when they were with Gender. Yeah, but like they they were very they were really good solo in this tournament. I can say that. Yeah, super athletic. Um, you know. And I, I, I have to admit, I do kind of have a hidden fascination with anything Bollywood in general. So, um, and Drew Gulak is obviously part of Catchpoint uh, and Evolve. So that was what? Gulak, Tracy Williams, Fred Yehi. I think Chris Dickinson was in there. Um, I should not have popped my head. but What a faction that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, Jesus. So it's hard that Gulak, imagine Gulak's really the only one out of, oh, Matt Riddle. Oh, it's such an awesome sounding um, fact. Yeah. So I did, I knew the name, but I knew they were really big in a lot of all. So, 
Um, so good. Yeah, another great match. Uh, lots of fun grappling in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. I really like. I don't know how to explain it, but I really like the moves. Or like, where you're both on the ground, they're both on the mat, and they're both mm-hmm. like hold each other, and then they do like flips on each other, and then all that kind yeah. of shit. Very done very well here. So it's weird how he's like. I was like, is he known to be like a technical kind of guy? Because he was like working technical, trying to like keep up with Gulak the entire time, which was interesting. Yeah, which I thought was odd too. So I mean, well, I mean, being trained in the Heart Dungeon, I mean, you're gonna have some technical skills. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, doing yeah that whole scissor stiff and whatnot. Um, yeah, and Gulak's just, I mean, I describe him, he's kind of got like an ugly style. Um, he's not flashy. At the end of the day, he just wants to fucking win and dish out pain. That's mm-hmm. that um, Gulak is nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, they go back and forth, you know, most of the match. And then uh, Gulak just you know, some pain. Um, he mistakenly goes up top, which is rare for him. Um, yeah, Marvin makes him pay. Um, and wow, that's a uh... wow, I don't know what that means in my notes. Um, but basically, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, wow, that's interesting. So I did this all jacked up on Saturday when I couldn't even see straight. So, um, but yeah, so what he, oh, he got him in the dragon sleeper, hard rolled out of it. And then he got an ankle lock in and then a dragon sleeper, like combo. Um, yeah, he, he, he immediately, he put him in the dragon sleeper. He got out of it. And as soon as he, he just reached back up, pulled him back in and just locked it in. Yeah. And that was it. So, and then, uh, next round, Justin ZSJ versus Drew Gulak. Oh boy. Yeah. Submission clinic is about to happen here. Yeah. So uh, and the next match we've got is Tony Nice uh versus Anthony uh, Anthony Bennett. <sighs> Anthony Bennett, I couldn't find much on him. Um I don't know. I wasn't, I mean, you're wrestling Tony Nice, so you're gonna get out outshined. Don't worry. I feel, I felt the same way. I just, I wasn't feeling him because I seen him the first time I saw him, I went, he looks like Darren young at the time. He's got this Darren young look, but he's small. So he's like Leo rush. So I expected him to be like somewhat like enjoyable, but he just wasn't there. It's just Tony just overpowered him and just looked so much better. Like, they had that one moment where he does the slide through through the leg into the pump handle. And then like he tripped him up, he tripped Anthony up and I'm like, Oh, well there it is. Yeah. So, and uh, real quick, just a uh, shout out to my, uh, my good friend, Mrs. Money, my DDP yoga partner. Um, but all I gotta say with Tony niece is abs for days. Um, I mean, you know, I am happily married. I do enjoy the company of ladies. Uh, but Tony Nice is a very, 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 very fit man. I mean, he so, used to count his abs all the time. So, yeah, I mean, he's got that seven and eight abs. So it's like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, and he was trained by, um, well, he's, he's, um, he's another indie legend and, uh, he's huge in Dragon Gate, but trained by Mikey or uh, former ECW legend, Mikey Whipwreck. Um, nice. and, uh, as I've been doing more and more research, I really have a soft spot for a train for Mikey Whipwreck, man. That guy just had, that dude was all heart. Um, 
Yeah. But I got to say, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad in the ring either. I liked Mike. He was yeah. just, he, he was so likable. Like, yeah, he's that, he's that determined underdog every time you see him. Easy to cheer for. And, uh, and in Bennett's defense, dude, I mean, poor dude was outweighed by 50 fucking pounds. Man. You know, Tony just, just completely made him look like he wasn't ready to be in there with him. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bennett, I mean, he did a good job speaking of underdogs. I mean, you know, of making you care at least. Um, but I mean, yeah, Tony Nese is a very, very, very fast 205. Um, but, uh, Oh, um, yeah, and then I didn't really like how – and then uh, commentary did a really good job in this match too, kind of saying how Tony Nese isn't, like, trying to win. He expects to win. That's very foolish. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that about that. Um, yeah, I, at one point, listen, Mike Bennett actually gets Tony Nese outside, but then he rolls him back inside to break the pin. Yeah, that was very bizarre. I mean, you know, I get you're trying to win, but, I mean, yeah – you're facing someone 50 pounds heavier. You got to take any advantage you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but then, you know, Nice makes him pay. Uh, and then Bennett starts to get serious, uh, starts to play up his speed. Um, and Nice gives him a good run for his money. Um, but Bennett goes for some strikes. Um, but Bennett, or, uh, yeah, and then Bennett just rings his bell, um, knocks him the fuck out, you know, so. Yeah, and then uh, the ref kind of stops him for a second because um, Nice dropped him on his head, kind of. <coughs> uh, but he said he could continue, and he took all that four fifty. You know, four fifty is so good. It's just crazy to see Tony Nice, yeah. a guy built like he is, and he's just that athletic every time. Yeah, I still, I remember seeing him in Impact, and I was just amazed by him. And then when he showed up in the Cruiserweight Classic, just looking even more jacked. I was like, this guy can do things that he shouldn't be able to at that size. You would think it like would hinder him, but no, it doesn't even make a dent in like stopping him. Yeah. Um, so he had a run an impact too, huh? Yeah. Nice. He was Anthony niece at the time. Okay. Oh, wait. Um, I saw him with something. Was he in a program with, uh, what's his face? Um, Creed. Uh, oh, yeah, consequences. Yeah, when he was yeah. consequences, Creed, I think he was. I think so too. Yeah, okay. Um, but uh, the winner of that match will face our uh, Tony Nese is gonna. Oh, yeah, sorry. So Tony Nese goes on for the win. Uh, we'll face the winner of our next match, which is Raul Mendoza versus the Brian Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Kendrick fan. Um, you know, we'll kind of get into. Why he got himself a little bit of hot trouble there for a little we'll deal with that a little bit later. But uh I got a lot of history of Brian Kendrick. Uh Brian Kendrick was actually at the first ever Ring of Honor show. Really? Yep. Yeah, he came up a uh, bunch of uh he was still spanky. Yep, he was still spanky. Uh, but yeah, he was in a, he was in a six-way. You know, he rolled Daniel Bryan was on that show. Um, yeah, a bunch of guys from Shawn Michaels School showed up for that one. So um, and if you want to hear a, a review of the first over ring and ring of honor show. I did that with my friend, Phil over the turnbuckle throwbacks to plug. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys are dry from Texas all over the East coast. Um, spanking mm-hmm. that whole crew. So 
I'm yeah. still, I still loved him and Brian Ke- or him and uh, Paul London together. Yeah. So much. My favorite tag team at the time. They were just really? amazing. Yeah. yeah, they were. I, I love those two as a tag team. Kendrick and London together. They were just amazing. Yeah. You know, and, and Kendrick, I mean, it's a good redemption story. Just Kendrick says, you know, I got too big for my britches. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess he runs his own promotion though, still. Um, but he's facing Raul Mendoza, who's still with um, the company. So, did now with a new name though. Okay, so is he not with Legato anymore? No, he still is. He just okay. has a new name now. Okay, but they're all—all all three of them are up top in the in the main roster, right? No, not yet. Oh, really? No, there's all three are still in NXT. So they gave him a new name, but he's not on the main roster. Yeah, no. They're all there, but they gave they gave Raul Mendoza the only one in the group huh. a new name. The only other, the only name change in there, and that was it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he still got a job, and um, I wonder did so did he leave and come back? Because I don't remember him till, gosh, what two years ago maybe. So that's a big he time was, between this. All I know is he was <sighs> still in NXT at the time. Yeah, he was he was in NXT like before the whole Cruiserweight Classic, and then he they put him in there, and he was just it sucked because all he was ended up being was enhancement talent for everybody, and he was so good. Yeah, because he was kind of like happy go lucky at the beginning, right? Yeah, and then did he get kidnapped? They get kidnapped. Yeah, that's he when got kidnapped. Yeah. Okay, so. It was, he's so he's so good though. He's. They, when NXT paired him with Humberto Carrillo, I was like, you got an interesting tag team right there. That was a really great tag team. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, dudes, I mean, he's been all over the place. I mean, he's all, all over Mexico. I mean, I mean, to state the obvious. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, I guess you uh, wrestled for uh, uh, for us and a bunch, too, so. Nice. Sorry about that. I mean, I sneezing or uh, snorting everyone's eyes, so. But uh, Mendoza's got the advantage and disadvantage of youth. Um, this is definitely very classic of youth over experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kendrick, I, I love it, keeps getting his ass kicked, keeps taking powders. Um, I, that's a, a lost art. Not as many people take powders as, as I think they should nowadays. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, and then uh, Mendoza, um, so it takes power. But Mendoza um, knocks Kendrick on his ass, and he gets in that swinging clover leaf, cl- uh, swinging clover leaf thing. That's crazy. Awesome move, and uh, you know, like in uh, like Brian Danielson said on commentary, you forget sometimes all the high flying that Lucha Libre is also very submission based. Um, mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. So. Um, yeah, and then uh, Kendrick gets a ref distraction. Uh, lands a big boot on uh, on Mendoza, um, and then oh, yeah, that move where Kendrick actually curb stomped him on the rope. Yeah, I was like, he bent him over like he was choking him on the rope, but then he moved him down, put his mouth on the rope, and then kicked the rope. And I was like, damn, Kendrick is vicious. Yeah, you know, as a guy with braces, I can, I can, I can sympathize with getting kicked in the mouth like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mendoza starts bleeding pretty heavily. Uh, the ref kind of checks and takes it into advantage, um, or check, takes it or 
checks in out of him. And uh, Mendoza does a good job, takes advantage of it with a dive on the outside. Uh, mm-hmm. Kendrick definitely battles back, uh, but he makes the mistake of going up on the top rope. And Mendoza kicks his knee out. Mm-hmm. Damn, sorry, I was doing so good. Now all of a sudden, so. Um, but Kendrick gets caught in the tree of wool. Oh. And then Mendoza goes to the other side of the ring, and you know what's going to happen now. Oh, my God. That coast to coast is picture perfect. Yeah, it was a thing of beauty. And I love how he doesn't. I love how it wasn't immediately the pin, though. I have to say, I, I would figure that would be immediate pin. But I love how he made sure that he was going to stay down, that he tried to make him stay down. And he yep. immediately picks him up and goes, end a heartache. And I was like, he just stole Roderick Strong's move. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, he goes to the pin. But Kendrick's got, but he didn't make one key mistake there. A little but too close to the ropes. So, um and then uh, Mendoza sets, uh, he brings Kendrick up, uh, but Kendrick stand, can't stand. But is Kendrick playing possum? So he gets Mendoza to hit the ropes, he drops back, and he it's a nasty headlock flip over, whatever they call that. So, and bully then, choke. Yeah, yeah, the bully choke. Smooth fucking move. <coughs> that, that reverse flip into it is just so clean. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, that, yeah, that was really awesome. I really enjoyed that. So, um, yeah. And like I said, I don't, I don't get maybe that. I mean, I guess Kendrick is supposed to be a heel, but I mean, Brian Danielson and Morrow kind of sold, no sold with the integrity at the end, but I'm like, Brian was very like biased for him. That's for sure. Yeah. But then they're like, I may not like how he won, but I'm cheering for him. I'm like, he's, I kind of get why he did it though, because again, it made sense with the whole he's trying his damnedest to get back into WWE at all costs, no matter what it takes. So I understand why he went with the heel tactic thing. I, mean, I didn't really think it was that huge, but um, I don't know. But uh, and then we get a show to Minoru Suzuki uh, from Morrow, so it's always nice. And uh, so many New Japan references on commentary. I loved it. Yeah, it was weird, especially back then. So, I mean, well, obviously, I mean, the Bullet Club coming over. I mean, you had AJ, obviously, Finn, AJ. Um, you know, AJ just showed up. Shinsuke's in town. Um, you know, the or uh, Gels and Anderson. What were their take? What's their take team? Oh, my God. The brothers. Yeah. So they weren't were they the good. They weren't the good brothers in WWE, though. They were, uh, were they? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they were they were the good brothers still. Okay. Um, but yeah, but next uh next round we've got uh the aforementioned Tony Nese versus Brian Kendrick. So we shall see how that goes. So yes. and the next match we've got we've got Rich Swan versus Jason Lee. Um actually, real quick before we go into this, we've got um timing out on this meeting. So, high fivers, Justin and I are going to take a quick uh, fuck you Zoom break and we'll be right back. Hey, high fivers. I know it feels it's like it's been a long time, but we're back. Actually, it's only been about three minutes or so. Um, <laughs> we are continuing. Uh, next, we've got Rich Swan versus Jason Lee. Um, 
I have gone on record as saying I, for some odd reason, am not a big fan of Rich Swan. Um, but I am definitely start changing my tune a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, dude's got a great story. I mean, dude's <clears throat> shit. Um, and if you've never seen Rich Swan live, I definitely recommend it. Dude is fucking over. So, um, but yeah, but Jason Lee. Uh, Jason Lee, I'm not some, I couldn't find anything about this dude, um, but his name's inspired from Bruce Lee. I'm a Bruce Lee fan. I'm all in for that. So, um, but yeah, I like the commentary team. Dude's quick. I was very impressed. Very impressed. Um, I'm really, yeah, I really, really like this guy. So I, I don't know, you know, if he's gone back to Hong Kong or what's going on, but I, I hope he's, I uh, hope he's doing well. Um, but it sounds like his uh, his old nunchucks were actually a pretty big hit in the PC. So really, I guess I was doing a little research. You would bring them out and like, yeah, people like try and use them and everything. So, um, have you ever tried using nunchucks? No, it is not. I'm not, that, I'm not that good with stuff like that. I'm not either. Last time I did, I almost knocked myself out. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess the time of this tournament that. Uh, Swan was coming back from a pretty severe neck injury or shoulder injury, one of the two, I guess. I uh, used yeah. a while because <clears throat> he was already signed in NXT at this point, right? Yep, he was already he was actually on TV a few times too with that. So okay, he had the match with like Baron Corbin. He had a match with Finn Balor at one point. That was like the standout one for him. He was just so good. Wow, Rich Swan versus Finn Balor. Yeah, it was really good though. Wow, that'd be yeah, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, Jason. Remember, Lee, it's it's early. It's early, Rich Swan. It's not now, Rich Swan. Yeah, but still, I mean, yeah. Um, but uh, Jason Lee, partner opponent, is like a ninja. Um, gets the early advantage, lots of strikes, and quickness. Um, but then eventually, Rich Swan fires up. Um, yeah, hits a fl- uh, flip from the rope. Um. Oh, we did that jumping into like that bounce around the rope thing. That was pretty awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And at, at the end of the day, Jason, uh, Jason Lee walks into a roundhouse kick, um, gets knocked on his ass. But dude, like, I mean, I don't know why I, I I didn't see this the first time, but the motherfucker did a standing four fifty. Mm-hmm. I I never can understand how he does that. With zero issue whatsoever, he's just standing in place, jumping. Flat I'm like, yeah, how, how? I'd like to see any human being do that, but this man can just go jump, jump, and then four fifty cleanly. And I'm like, how? Most people have to do that off the top to make it look good. Yeah, um, yeah, that was. I was like, oh, wow. Um, but yeah, but he, he gets the win. Um, I definitely recommend just Googling Rich Swan standing 450. Um, is there anyone else that you've seen that does that? Obviously, there's no. – I mean, you see the running ones, and I'm just the one – but I was just like – Yeah, no, <coughs> I, I can't I can't even think of anybody who would do that because it's just – that's what I liked about Rich Swan was he's just so unique with stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I may have to stand corrected. I think my biggest gripe with Rich Swan – is he's been doing the same gimmick now for so long. Um, 
you know, maybe we need a hail turn on him or something, but you know, I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. So, uh, I mean, Rick, they, I mean, impacts killing it with him. I have to say they did yeah. great with him. That's very good. The, yeah, so. the fact they gave him the world title still amazed the hell out of me. Cause I still remember watching that, how much that, how great that moment was Yeah, and how much they built you to want to root for Rich Swan because of how much of a dick they made Eric Young. And yeah. that's the best part about it. Eric Young's so good, too. So He's outstanding. Yeah. We won't talk. Uh, anyways, sanity was amazing. But anyway. I, I love that faction. I don't care how much they screwed it up. I love that faction. It's like how much I love Aces and Eights as much as they screwed that up in Impact. <laughs> I love Aces and Eights. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, but next round, we've got, my friend, we've got Swan versus Lince Dorado. <sighs> Once again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of, lot of hand. I know this is an audio podcast or high fives, but uh, Justin and I are doing a lot of hand rubbing together. If, if, you, if you hear it, you know, you know what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, definitely looking for. I mean, we're, we're enjoying this first round, but. Man, there's some fucking matchups going on, but second round is going to be even crazier. Yeah, but uh, we're starting off here next round or the next match. Uh, Gurf Sira versus No Am Dar. Um, you know, Dar, I mean, dude had some miles on him already. For He's only 22. Um, he's the first Israeli born wrestler in WWE, which I thought was odd, um, but I guess so. Um, you know, interesting story. Uh, he definitely went through progress. Uh, but he's also in the British boot camp. Um, was basically like the um, tough enough. They oh, did, really? yeah, so, was yeah. He in there? yeah. Huh. And then Alfred, remember, but uh, what culture the website started starting their own promotion? Mm-hmm. WCPW <laughs> or Defiant, as it was at one point. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, but he's the youngest guy in the tournament. But I was shocked to see he's 22. He definitely seemed a little bit older. Just kind of like TJP. I mean, the guy is 30 at this point. He's got 12 or he's got 15 years experience. But um, yeah, um, like once again, listen, like the the Bollywood boys, the Sura boys, I'm a big fan. Um, uh Oh, um, I also love the Curves Zero. His favorite wrestler of all time is the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Also, my personal favorite wrestler. So, um, but man, yeah, starts quick. Um, but yeah, in, in the end, Noam starts attacking the knee. Good storytelling here. Um, but God, you know, Noam Dark definitely gets a little cocky. You know, he starts caring, you know, worrying about the fans, catering to the cheers, la da 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 And then uh, Gerv gets uh, gets the advantage on him. But they trade a couple fun, uh, fun quick uh, um, counters there. Um, Gerv gets the upper hand, goes to the second row, but he also gets cocky with his little Bollywood camera. Uh, takes too much time, misses the elbow on Dar. Um, and he gets a quick kick to the head and a fisherman suplex. Garv kicks out. But dark transition transitions smoothly to the knee bar to the tap. Um, how do you feel? It's tough to pull off sometimes. Leads Dar did this amazingly. 
But sometimes, like, people, like, it looks like they're going for the pin, but they're setting up the submission. So I don't know if that's yeah. done on purpose. You know what I'm saying, though? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's bizarre. So they're, like, not pinning as much as they should be. Um, mm-hmm. Now that could be done on purpose. Uh, but Dar made this look legit. It was it was super smooth. That knee bar looked legit. Like, he yeah. kept reaching it outwards. Yeah. So I was like, and he was twisting the foot and everything. I was like, there's no way he's getting out of that. Yeah, and it was all set up by the work early in the match. So um in the next next round we get Noam Dar versus Whole Whole Loon. So we should see it's a rather intriguing matchup. Mm-hmm. So, Justin, my friend, next we have the co-main event of Jack Gallagher versus Fabian Eichner. Um Wow. Yeah. Uh, such an awesome match. You know, and, and for me, not knowing Fabian Eckner was in the Cruiserweight Classic, and to see him in here and to see what he did afterwards, I mean, do put on 30 pounds, but still fucking move. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Jack Geller, obviously, he's, he's obviously huge in Europe. Um, legit MMA badass. I guess he actually teaches – um, the jujitsu um, had a good run in the E till well, yeah, you know, yeah, that. So um, yeah, and Eichner, another interesting story. I guess wrestling's not that big in Italy, um, so he had to travel a lot to Germany. He's very big in Germany, um, but man, yeah, like I said, I, I know, the fact he's that yeah, still, when I he's built like a brick house, but he can fly. Yeah, and that was right there. And he's one of the people when I when I first kind of started digging into this, like um, they're like, yeah, Fabian Eichner is in the cruiser. I'm like, wait, what? That's I'm like, maybe I need to dig deeper into this. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Jack Gallagher, I mean, he's very pasty and he's very uh, very technical. He's very cerebral, um, you know. But he never really got to show, at least from what I saw. I mean, yeah, he had a decent push. Uh, but I, he never really he got kind of stuck with the with the umbrella gimmick for a while. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think towards the end he did get come all a little bit more badass, which I wish they would have kind of done more. But uh, yeah, they had the huge chest tattoo going on there, so it was like, wait, what? He's got- he had a huge chest tattoo going on. No shit. Yeah, he did. When they oh. when they changed him up, when they turned him heel, he he used to just he came out, he was like gone for a little bit, and then he came back and he had this just he came back heel and he came out and he had this huge chest tattoo going on. And I was like, Whoa, wait a minute, what is this? Yeah. Huh. He looked uh. just so different, but he looked he he's just he got more vicious, and it just—I I was such a huge fan of Jack Gallagher. Yeah, and I guess he's making—I guess he's—he's he's wrestling in the Europe, I guess, still. So, um, hmm. but yeah, but I uh, classically trained English wrestling—you can definitely tell—trained uh, by the great Billy Robinson. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all you already say about that. But uh, match starts off. Uh, Eichner takes on the early advantage. Uh, obviously, he's a lot strength, um, strong. He's got he got forty pounds on Gallagher. Um, but yeah, but Jack Gallagher once again using that technical skill. You know, it's brains over brawn a lot of times in wrestling. So, um, 
yeah, but definitely both these guys in this match definitely showed uh, uh, the peak of the greatness that will come. That whole opening sequence in the beginning is awesome. Just yeah. Eichner flipping around, trying to get out of it the entire time, finally gets the advantage, and then Gallagher just going around the ring, just like, this is the spot right here that I should get it. No, I'll try a different yeah. side. Let's do it over here. No, okay. And then I'll just do this little twist, and I'm out. There you go. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, it looks so simple in just yeah. by twisting his foot. And I was like, what? that's it yeah um yeah both of you and it definitely showed that i mean they're they're both gonna be great in the future um we definitely got some uh walter s chops in this match so that chest tattoo would have been very red Uh, (laughs) yeah and i love marl marl throws in the little lines like oh yeah definitely adding some color on him because if people aren't going to check out Geller is this is coming from a couple of very Caucasian gentlemen, uh, but Jack Geller is very pasty. That's a simple yes. fact, though. So, um, you know, good on him. So, um, but got you know, and then uh, oh yeah, once again the rolling pins. Um, you know that whole thing where they're pinning, you know, one two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that move. So I'd be dizzy and shit after like the third one, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, but fucking Eichner hits that goddamn double springboard. <laughs> so incredible. And he doesn't, he wasn't doing that move a lot recently. And that sucks because that move is amazing. Yeah. You just look, it's, it, it's awesome. Um, another thing is, man, the goddamn drop kicks in this fucking match and this whole tournament. Yeah. Dude, Jesus fucking Christ, you know, if they were having my boy so Red Titan. So loud. Yeah. Love. Um, and then the strength that um he's uh so uh Eichner's got uh Jack Yeller goes up for a suplex, but he fucking transitions into a goddamn power bomb. Oh my god, sickening. Yeah. Um and then so even, awesome. yeah, and then uh Eichner goes for a frog splash, missed it. Um, once again, like we talked about earlier, like TJP, like Mustafa Ali, you know, these guys selling those misses, mm-hmm. you know, not acting like, oh, I know I'm going to miss some, you know, so love it. Um, but Gallagher gets him in, in uh, gets him in the corner. Dude, kicks his fucking head off. I love how we got the headbutt in here that he does. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't as like bad. It wasn't as crazy as it ended up being later on because my God, that headbutt, the fact that he's one of those guys that can throw that with no anything to protect him, just throws that random headbutt like that is nuts. Oh. I do not like headbutts. That's just what they just oh. His was but, the worst every time I every time I seen him wrestle and he'd throw that headbutt and you just yeah. heard that noise i was like oh. nope i will not take that thank you yeah but yeah but uh yeah jack gallagher just does the the brian danielson running fucking knee kicks his head off in the corner and gets a pin out of it you know so what a match uh once again wishes a little bit longer but obviously we understand but really cool um you know thank you both chant from the crowd yes <laughs> This they, got, they got more of Eichner and but they got more of both of them. So 
Yeah. You know, this crowd is very, very typical of uh, the black and gold crowd. You know, so I'm not going to wax nostalgia, you know, how I missed black and gold, but it is what it is. But same here, same here. So next, uh, so next round, we've got Tozawa versus Gallagher. So this is going to be a very fast paced, hard hitting. Uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. So, yes. Justin, my friend, the last match in the first round. Here it comes. Wow. You know, I, I wish. Now, I mean, I had heard about this, and I th- even think they talked about this on, on Stone Cold's podcast. And I think that's where I first kind of heard about them. So if you're, if you're wondering, if you don't know, if you've been living under a rock, if you've never watched wrestling before, the final match of the first round of the 2016 Cruiserweight Classic is Tomasa Ciampa versus Joe, uh, Johnny Gargano. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's tough to watch this knowing what they will do in the future but I think I did a pretty good job of kind of not lowering my expectations, but kind of just going into it with fresh eyes. Um, Cause obviously it's not going to match what they do later. Cause they didn't have the time. Um, it, it, when I look at this, every time I look at this matchup, I go, yeah, it wasn't like nowhere near compared to what they would do later on, but this match still was awesome. And just to think that this is what started what eventually would lead to multiple instant classics is a amazing start. I can say yeah. that. Um, you know, and we'll, after, after we're done, I mean, we'll kind of talk, I mean, the influence, I mean, they had, like, if I had seen, I mean, like if I had seen this match, I mean, I would have been all in with NXT for the rest of my life. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I was, yeah, this is this is what I this is the kind of wrestling I fell in love with, and this is yeah, this would have been probably ten months after I started watching wrestling back, anyways. So, um, wow. but I have to admit, um, you know that I I'm still because uh, Tomas Champa, you know, claiming Milwaukee, you know, his his hometown, even though it's 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 because his wife is from here. Um, I, I gotta love the Family Guys. I mean, the shout outs to the family and stuff like that because I mean Champa is a Family Guy. Um, it's always Gargano out here, but um, um, oh yeah, so yeah, um, another reason to love him. Um, obviously, Johnny Gargano was engaged to Cancel Ray at this time. Um, actually, I saw a dude in there with uh, my favorite Cancel Ray t shirt that I personally own with the Slayer logo. So I kept, really? I, yeah, I went back and watched a little bit. I'm like, oh, I was trying to figure out when these tapings happened. So love me some Candice Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see Candace I mean she's the only female to compete in PWG she's just yeah. she's so tough and she's so good the fact that she would go in there with the guys in PWG shows you how tough she is yeah um, and I hope that when I wake up tomorrow or when I wake up Thursday and I watch Dynamite that as much as I love Candice LeRae, I hope I do not see her on my screen on Thursday morning. I don't yeah. want her to be a joker right now. Just stay home. I mean, don't Can worry. You say baby. You know, 
what what these women do is, is amazing, but damn. Sorry. Okay. On to the match. Um, yeah, obviously this match is, is a glimpse into the greatness you're going to get out of these two in the future. Um, you know, if, if you look up the definition for a 12-minute America Strong Style match, this is the match you're going to see. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and I was thinking, like I said, I mean, I was watching a lot of WWE in 2016. Besides maybe Rollins and Balor, was there any other match like this outside of the Cruiserweight Classic um, that year? Maybe, well, maybe we'll see on the main roster. Um, I honestly don't know. That's tough. I'd have to do a deep dive and see if I could figure out if there was any. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I do love that uh, Champa is still coming with the Psycho Killer here. Um, mm-hmm. He did that. He rocked that in AAW and also later on in uh, Ring of Honor. Um, he was the dominant male before that. Um, you know, and, uh, this is another story, classic storyline, kind of like um, Dax and Cash and uh, the fir- or the other day in the Owen Hart, you know, is how much do you really want to hurt your tag team partner? I mean, what's more important, your tag team future or this match? Um, and they did a great job of kind of putting it over in commentary. So, I mean, even um, Champa said it in the in the preview package beforehand when they did the little interviews with them. He said, "I don't want to hurt him." He says, "I don't want to like injure him." He I says, know. "But I just want to do enough that I just want to hurt him." Yeah, I um, was like, "Wow." Yeah, dude, Champa, that dude has got such. He is so smart. Um, they both obviously they both are, but Champa is just. He's got that wrestling mind, and it's it's the little things like that. So, um, and start off that match, dude. That fucking elbow that Gargano took. Uh, I was amazed he didn't lose teeth. I, I, I watched, honestly thought that spit was going to be teeth. Um, I I watched that thing literally forty two times. Might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but not much. Trying to get an angle, it looked legit. It, it was yeah. insane. Yeah, and dude, if you hit me with that thing, Justin, I'd be sleeping for a week. That'd it wasn't it. even like it wasn't even halfway. We weren't even like we were still in the young stage of the match, and oh, yeah. he was just literally trying to dislocate Johnny's jaw. And I was like, I get it. You guys are you guys are best friends, but you're literally trying to kill each other already. Yeah, it was like you said, like two minutes into the match. Um. And then, uh, yeah, once again, you know, Gargano does a great job of getting his ass kicked. You know, Johnny Wrestling can, I mean, at the end of the day, dude can take a fucking licking. That's the bottom line. That's for sure. The guy can take a beating, but he can also dish it out when he needs to. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel Bryan did a really good job kind of explaining how the residuals of that elbow affected him for for a while. You know, obviously, I mean, his fucking bell's wrong, so... uh, So, and then uh, we get some more action going on. Um, oh, what's yeah? So, um, Gargano did uh, finally battle back, but he did that top rope DDT. And I just love how he always does that. He does that movie's like gotcha and he just nails it. You hear it cloudy yeah. through the crowd. Um, he yeah. still does that. So, slingshot, yeah, I loved when he did that, yeah. And then, uh, he does and he did that move where he does a slingshot into the you know, the um, the spear. 
But dude, when he catches that fucking knee from Ciampa. They've done that so many times in their later in their later matches, and it still always gets me because of just how insane it is that Johnny's like, I'm gonna get him right here, and he just dives into a leaping knee every time. And I'm just like dumbfounded every time I see it. Yeah. So and like we talked about this a little bit um last week, but they were were they wrestling as DIY or were they just tagged because they weren't really like because they made a run in the Dusty Classic, right? That's where they yes. started. Okay. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't. They weren't DIY yet. They were still just. <laughs> they were just Gargano and Champa at the time. Because the reason I ask is because they split up as DIY less than a year after this. Yeah. Taking over Chicago was May of 2017. Mm-hmm. And just that fucking run they had. It seemed like they were wrestling for like five years. It was just. The, the run they had, it came so fast, but it was just so good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, versus fucking, you know, American Alpha, or is that what they're called? Jordan Cable and Jordan? No, it was American. Yeah, American Alpha. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously um, FTR, and now I can't remember what their name was in WWE. Authors of Pain. Yeah. yeah, Authors of Pain. Obviously, that's where they lost to. I mean, they had a short, but holy fuck run. They 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 pretty much gave them the rocket. As soon as they locked them in, they were good to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and like we talked about, it's not your typical WWE match. Um, it's definitely would have grabbed my attention. Um, but yeah, and then uh fucking Jesus Christ, Chompa hits that goddamn air raid crash on the goddamn hardest part of the ring. It literally looked like Johnny's head hit the the apron also. I yeah. watched whenever they kept showing the replay when they showed it from the opposite angle where you're looking at Champa in the face and he dropped down and I legitimately didn't look like it like Johnny's back hit it. It looked like his head hit the ring apron. Yeah. I was, I was like, like, nope. Forget oh, that. Yeah. But um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, once again, Champa being super smart, hits that move, rolls him right in the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just the, the little things that he does. Just, I am such a fan. So, um, yeah. And then uh, we get some great, more great storytelling. Uh, Champa not using the exposed knee. You know, so yeah, he went for the knee. He went for the knee part of their tag finish, and as yeah. soon as he pulled that knee pad down, he went for the run to run in there, and he was just like, "He's my best friend. I can't do this to him." Yeah. Which did make it, which was kind of confusing because he was like, you literally just tried to take his jaw off and you just tried to maim him on the ring apron. And now yeah. you're just like, this is, this is the part where you just can't do it. Like, I was like, that is bizarre. Yeah. And he hits that, uh, well, in Ring of Honor, he called the, the Project Champa. And, That's what uh, it's still called. Okay. Oh my good. God. Um, and Gargano. And for me, that was weird because he's been hitting it on everybody in Ring of Honor. And no one's kicked out of it. So, and then I was just like. The powerbomb lung blower. I only seen, before I knew Champa did it, I'd only seen one person do it. And that was Teddy Hart. Yeah. And then I was just like, and I, that's the only person I had seen do it. But then I seen Champa do it. And I'm just like, that move is so like innovative. And I love watching it. Because how in the world do you go from a powerbomb position 
but just get enough of your legs up to drop somebody and just just absolutely shatter their spine like that. That is sickening. Yeah. Teddy Hart, that's a random name, but dude, another guy I can't get out of his way, but a super nice guy. Um, I met him. I I, I don't, I'm still dumbfounded on how amazing he is, but everybody, he's just, he's done so much that it's all catching up to him now. And that sucks because he's so freaking good. Yeah. He's, I'm going to turn a light on here. Yeah, dude, Teddy Hart is, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, obviously he's bred into it, but. He's so smooth, and people just uh, just think of him as a nut. He is a nut job, but um, but yeah. So, Justin, uh, so much action here to end the match. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, but plenty of strikes. Um, you know, Champa goes from the arm bar, but rolls out of it into the roll up. Um, let's see here. Oh, um. Okay, is that the end of the match? Yeah. Okay. That was it. Okay. Um, wow. Geez, sorry. My, I gotta be better at taking notes. So, um, but yeah, it goes to the upper guy and then do the roll. But the nice thing about this though was at the time roll ups weren't the rage. Um, yeah, no. you know, roll ups were surprise finishes. Now it's being being beat to death. Mm-hmm. Um, which is suck, but uh. Dude, I, I love, you know, once again, I, I've said it 6,000 times, uh, but Gargano, you know, when, when they announced Gargano was the champion, Champa just literally just looks like he's been shot. Yeah. You know, so good. You know, and then, uh, you know, Gargano wants to shake hands, and Champa's like, nah, I'm out of here. But wait. But mm. uh, wait. You know, he comes back, you know, he leaves, comes back, and Gargano sits down, and we get the – we get the DIY hug, man. And I'm like, why am I crying? Why am I crying? This is stupid. This is a pre-stupid way to end the night. Yeah. Um, these two, I mean, are fucking legends. That's the bottom line. You know, I hope the best for both of them. Um, you know, listen, I hope Champa gets a solid run up on the main roster. It was time for him to go up. Um, yes. You know, if he joins Edge, that'd be cool. If he goes on his own. Um, cause he's a heel right now, right? Yes. Okay. He just turned not too long ago. And him going by just Chompa, I'm okay with that. That makes sense. I don't, I don't mind it at all because commentary has a tendency to just say Chompa when they're doing commentary. And I know a lot of people when they're talking about like Tommaso Champa, they just say Champa. So it's yeah. like, does it really, is it really that bad of a change? No, it's not. Cause you're just going Champa. Yeah. Champa, just it's fine. It's not as bad. So always having to say Tommaso Champa all the time. You're just saying Champa. Yeah, because I mean, you talk about this match, or even the, you know this this rivalry. It's Champa and Gargano. It's not Tommaso Champa and Johnny Gargano. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, but dude, Justin, the last matchup: Johnny Gargano versus T.J. Perkins. <laughs> no. Is Johnny Gargano going to have anything left in the tank after this? So, yeah. Especially getting in a fight with Tommaso Ciampa and him hitting him that hard, he had better. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, that uh, high fly, uh, high fivers, that wraps up the first round. 
Um, Justin, wow, that was a lot of fun. You know, the fun <laughs> has just begun, but um, it's time besides, to turn up a lot uh, now. It's round two. Yeah, it's like gee, I mean, they 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 booked this pretty well. Um, they, you know, I want to say they trimmed some fat. I mean, there were some guys in there that were that were you know they were what they were. Um, but yeah, this next round, it's, it's, it's go time from here. So, yes. Um, I was going to say besides the obvious, but I don't want to assume, but what was your favorite match of the first round? Oh, the entire first round. That's tough because I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed Lindsay and Mustafa Ali. I enjoyed Kota Ibushi and Sean Maluda. Gargano yeah, and Champa easily. I yeah, even enjoyed I even enjoyed Grand Metalik and Alejandro Saiz when they did that. Like I yeah. enjoyed that for what it was. Like I wanted to see more of Saiz as well. Like I hope he wasn't just gonna be there and that was it. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, it'd be cool if they ever did like a where are they now for the Cruiserweight Classic. So right. You know, some of those guys. So yeah, this was uh this did not disappoint, Justin. So you were you were right, man. This is fucking badass. Oh, uh, just wait till uh, round Yeah. And um, I don't know if Daniel Bryan and Morrow listen to this podcast, you know, six years in the future, but they got better in commentary, a lot less like, oh my god, I've never seen that move before than everyone does. So Yeah, I know they um, they totally toned that down completely. They did yeah. that early early stages and then they were like we don't need to keep saying that, right? Yeah, so it's like, um, yeah, they're definitely starting to get into a rhythm, which is nice. So, so yeah. Um, well, other than that, Justin, I think uh, probably kind of wrap this up into sending the train into the station. But uh, got any you, uh, you and Jeremy got anything big plans for uh, the podcast this week? I know you said you, didn't, you, guys didn't, um, you guys didn't drop one last week, you said, right? Yeah, no, we didn't because I was just like, I was unmotivated to do anything at that point. Work was just like you're you're not doing nothing you're you're just gonna sit here and relax that was it yeah so we're probably gonna get back to doing more like this week so okay keep your eyes peeled so and uh where can uh where can the high fivers if they don't already know uh where can they find said podcast you can find our podcasts on almost every platform minus apple i gotta try to figure out (laughs) how in the world i can get it there It'll eventually be there. Like I'm hoping like I can get somebody to help me get it there, but I'm eventually going to get it there and then we'll have it on every platform, but you can find it on pretty much every other platform. We drip, we pretty much drop episodes Thursdays, Saturdays. It is a perfect schedule. It's just two days of dropping episodes. Yeah. Fine by me. You know, if you join the podcast network, they might be able to help you join or get on Apple. <laughs> Cheap plug. <laughs> Shouts to Chad and the rest yeah. of Visionaries Global Media. They, I know they'd love to have you. So, um, yeah, I'm just throwing that out there for you, Justin. But, yeah, dude, no, yeah, thank you so much, man. This is, you know, it sucks. We're actually past the halfway point for our interactions, at least on this. I have a feeling this is not going to be our last project together. Oh, definitely. I hope not. This is going to be – this yeah. is a good oh, – I was so happy when you – announced this one because i was like i get a chance to rewatch this while you get to see this for the first time i am all in on this yeah so and uh maybe we'll do the uk tournament next so Let's and you saw you saw that though obviously right 
Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, see that one I saw too. So and that was that was really my first introduction to I don't want to say first introduction, but that was so good. So yes. All right. Well, high fivers. I think we're going to call it a night, but uh, thanks to everybody for listening and we will see everybody next week. We are going to cover the entire, the entire second round next week. We're doing an entire round, Justin. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. All right, dude. I will talk to you at high fivers. We'll talk to you all next week.